what really gets my dick hard is Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast, episode 19. I'm Ethan Luck. And I'm Clint Wells. And this week, we are talking about Death Magnetic. We're jumping ahead a little bit. And uh, it's one of it's become one of my favorite Metallica records, all audio issues aside. Well, like like some of the other records that I hadn't spent a lot of time with, I've been like digging in real deep these last few days. And yeah. God damn it, this record is awesome. It's so good. Like it I was, really is. I was even texting Ethan yesterday. I just texted you, I think, all nightmare long. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like, damn. I, could, I, could, I read your enthusiasm. <laughs> well, the first five tunes out of the gate are so good that yeah. I usually just burn those. And I hadn't spent a ton of time on the back half, but man, there's there's a couple of moments that we'll get into it. But pound for pound, dude, this record kicks ass. I agree. I agree. But before, before we get into all that stuff and the track by track and all the facts and stuff, we're going to go through um, the next round of pick winners and uh, read some emails and then we'll get into it. So right off the, out of the gate here, our next round of pick winners, uh, for those of you who don't know, if you left a positive review on iTunes, you win a set of Metal Up Your Podcast picks plus a pick of me and a pick of uh, Clint. Woo-hoo. Woo! So we sent out the first, uh, the first 10 last week and uh, people are starting to get them and uh, post pictures, which is really cool. So if you're a winner, you get them in the mail. Post a picture on Twitter, Instagram, and we'll repost it. And uh, yeah, it's exciting stuff. And then you can repost our reposting of it. And, and we'll, we'll just keep just, reposting just, back and forth. Just literally forever. Yeah. Until until the, until Twitter says, no, delete that. <laughs> stop. Please stop. <laughs> okay. So our next round of pick winners, uh, Chelsea Bowen. Which that, I, I know Chelsea. I've met her uh, on the road in my travels. Uh, oh, nice. So nice. what's up, Chelsea? Thanks for, hey, checking, Chelsea. Out, thanks for checking out the show. All right, our next one is a uh, uh, bat OKC Thunder, which I think next that's one. our Brady Trantham. That's our Oklahoma Thunder guy. Yeah, he has the Oklahoma uh, Thunder podcast, right? Uh, and then we got Phantom Lord 03, Old Soul seventy nine, our friend Paul Moke. Hey, Paul. Uh, next one is the Devil Wears Prada. I don't think it's the actual band, but if it is, <laughs> or hey the dudes. film, it's not the band or the <clears throat> or, film. Yeah, or, or the film. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Anne Hathaway. What if Anne Hathaway was just a huge fan of the show? Oh, you, Anne, you are welcome to come on the show anytime you want. Anytime, because I know you're listening. Of course she is. All right. Uh, next one is Burnside, who is our friend from uh, ToneTubbySpeakers dot com. Oh, okay. Right. Um, I like this screen name. Suck a preview form. <laughs> <laughs> Suck a preview form it's is like a winner. when they're asking um, you. Pine. <laughs> Never what's mind. That? <laughs> I mean, what's a suck a right, preview uh, form? What is that? I don't know. Hey, man, it's this is America. This is Earth. You can choose your own screen name. <laughs> this is America. This is Earth. This is Earth. <laughs> On Earth, we believe in freedom, man. <laughs> That's right. 
Maybe not everywhere. Uh, our last two, Pine Pig and Greg Y. Okay. You 10 are the next round of winners of the Metal Upper Podcast Ethan Clint Pick Collection. If you just heard your name read, you need to send us an email with the subject yep. Pick Contest with your address or the address of where you work or a P.O. box, and we will get these picks in the mail to you soon. Correct. Super soon. Yeah. And, uh,. Let's get into some emails. All right. So we, like we mentioned, I think on our last two episodes, we're just going to read, we're going to select 10 emails. We're starting to get a lot more a week than 10, but we're going to select 10. So first one is from Louis Lima, who says, hello, Met Podcast family. Hello. Wait, no, redo that. (laughs) Hello, Met Podcast family. (laughs) Hello, David. (laughs) I'm Luis Lima from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and I discovered your podcast this week on Metallica Forum. I really like it. Just listened to two episodes in a row. Congrats. He's telling us congrats. Hey. Uh, All right. Thank you. Nice stories in the first episode about James at the airport and Clint at the Metallica gig, the show I saw in Atlanta. Yeah. I'm a musician. Metallica influenced me just as he did for you. Thanks for sharing your Metallica knowledge. Now back to listen to the rest of the episode. 16 to come. Best wishes. All right. Very cool, Luis. Luis. <clears throat> I've is. been to Rio, and it's a beautiful place. Yeah? Just hold on to your shit. <laughs> really? Beautiful, oh, yeah, people, beautiful but rough? Beautiful but rough, yeah. There's, there's like little gangs of kids that'll come steal your shit. It's, uh, oh, my God. It's Yeah, it's, it, it can be a little scary, but uh, we were in a, a cool area, and I didn't really carry anything on me, so. Yeah. Um, all right, our next email is from Brian C. Hey, guys, heard about the show from the Podcast Rock City show. Nice. Very cool. Nice. It's working. Um, I dig it so far. Just finished episode two while listening over over a few days. This uh, oh, I didn't turn my text uh, or my sound off. Sorry. Oh my gosh, you're fired. So unprofessional. Get out. Delete, delete Eason. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, just finished episode two while listening over a few days. Uh, this reappeared in my Facebook feed. Also, in episode two, you guys discuss "Am I Evil" being removed from some releases. I've always heard it was because of publishing rights. He's probably correct. It was a cover song. Um, like like they didn't have proper approval to release release here in the states to begin with. Know anything about that? Well, keep up the great shows, and I'll try to catch up. Thank you for your time, Brian Chambers. Do you know anything well, about uh, that? I don't. I think the only, the only thing I could guess is that I mean it was a cover song. Maybe when they did the first pressings of Kill 'Em All, it was on there. Mm-hmm. And when they started getting popular, and it, you know maybe when they went from you know um, Megaforce to Electra or whatever, at that point when they started re-releasing Kill 'Em All on Electra, they were like, "Hey, uh, you guys didn't didn't go through the proper channels to cover this song mm. and give people the proper royalties." But as we all know, that ended up reappearing on Garage Inc. So, but it's, it, let's be honest that now it, it's basically it, a Metallica song at this point. Well, and, and and you know, I'm glad they figured it out because them putting that song on their records has made whoever wrote those songs a lot of dough. Absolutely. So I'm glad that all worked out. All right. Joseph Cap yeah. says, first of all, I love the podcast and look forward to it every Monday morning. The Torben and Dave impersonations crack me up. I work you're some... welcome. <laughs> well, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, the, the problem Hello, is, kindness. The problem is I just don't know what else Dave Mustaine would ever say. <laughs> well, you just have to say other things in that voice. <laughs> really? Thanks, Joseph. You know what I mean? Well, like... Wow. Uh, but then he has that other voice when he's talking about Lars and some kind of monster. He's like, well, I, I just miss my little Danish friend. And he has like these two speeds, man. Hello. And wow, well, my, my little friend. You're correct. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, I work some long hours, so I've recently been listening to old episodes of the show. That's cool. It's cool nice. to hear how the show slowly evolved to where it is now. From what I see on the forums, I bet you could fill an episode with viewer mail and call-ins, just an idea. Yeah, we, we do do that. If we have like a top 10, 
we'll do kind of like a yeah. fan episode, which we got one of those coming up, by the way. We're going to read Definitely. a lot of the... You guys ranked their records and some of the uh, Kirk Hammett's top five solos. That was super fun, by the way. A lot of cool oh, yeah. submissions on that. He goes on to say, I'm also looking forward to the Justice and Gear episodes. I sent a Facebook message a while back about getting into guitar. I think Clint answered it. I bought a black ESP EC1000 and quickly fell down a rabbit hole researching gear. Very cool, man. Nice, Con- nice. Congrats. It, it, was, it was probably me that responded because Clint's not on Facebook. He says he thinks it was me, dude. And even though I'm not on Facebook, well, it's entirely possible that somehow I did it. You deleted Facebook. <laughs> I did, dude. I'm Facebook free, brah. He, nice. he ends his email by saying, keep up the great work and I look forward to future episodes. If I'm ever passing through the Nashville area... Or if you ever come to Little Rock, I'd gladly buy you guys a beer. Dude, I hope we're like... We, keeping... have, a lo- we have a lot of beer waiting for us. I know, dude. If we just keep like tabs on all this, we're going to have a beer in every city. I know. It's going to be great. One day we'll, we'll, do the, we'll do, take the podcast on the road on a tour, and we'll be getting free beer all over the country. Love it. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Next email is from uh, Peter Lynch. Hey, Clint Ethan, Just finishing lis- uh, listening to the Kirk Hammett episode. Really cool. I thought from listening to previous episodes that you guys uh, didn't think much of him. <laughs> eh, you know, you, you, you know how we feel. Yeah. Um, but you cleared it up this episode by explaining that you guys think he's awesome, but you're frustrated with him, which I can see where you're coming from. Uh, I'm not a musician, though. I wish you guys had enough time to do two episodes a week. One just isn't enough. Wow. I wish we had time to do that as well. <clears throat> I feel like some weeks it's hard even just to get the one out there. Yeah, it, it can be. And there are, there are times where Clint and I are both not on the road for a good long period of time, and we can knock out two or three episodes in a week just to space it out and, you know, schedule them to release every Monday, stuff like that. But so it's, it about, gets, it's about to start getting a lot of remote. Like, we're doing a remote episode now. I'm out in California, and yeah, you're, you're leaving tomorrow for three weeks. So. Uh, for California, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just keeping, out, I'm just keeping this hotel warm. warm for you. Yes, thank you. Just farting in this chair for you. Perfect. <laughs> so you'll know Love I was it. here. <laughs> Crop dust that whole place for me. <laughs> Thanks, Peter, for the email. Yeah, I like. I, it would bum me out if people got the wrong idea about how we feel about Kirk. We love Kirk Hammett. Of course, yeah. Love, love, love that dude. Part of loving something, though, is having the courage to criticize it when it needs it. So, yes. Fred Datima, who we've had Fred talk, we've read some stuff from Fred on the show. Fred says, hey, this is Fred from Canada again. I loved the Kirk Hammett show. Just wanted to let you know that because of listening to you guys, I've decided to try something that I've always wanted to do, learn to play guitar. I just got a Yamaha acoustic for my birthday. You guys have inspired me to want to learn. I'm 43 and all, let's see, I want to do nothing else to learn to play for my enjoyment. Oh, he says, so if, if it's just for my enjoyment, I'll still be happy. Anyways, I'm attaching a pic of me with a guitar, which he did, that I just got tonight. Thank you for doing a great job, and thank you for giving me the desire to learn. Keep up the great job, and I can't wait to hear the next podcast. Cheers. Man, that is really cool. Man, I wrote back to Fred. I was like, dude, that just made my day, man. That's so, yeah, totally. so cool. We're, I mean, changing, just, just, we're changing lives, Ethan. We, we're literally changing people's lives. One Dave and Torben at a time. Oh. <sighs> No, that is really cool. I mean, I, I know how excited I was when I first started learning guitar. And, and I've told people over the years of touring and meeting different folks and stuff, you're never too old to start that kind of thing. 100% you know agree. I mean? 100% agree. If you, if you want to get into bass or drums or singing or whatever, it's like, fuck it, just do it. Get into it, you know? And here's the thing about learning an instrument is like, it's just something you can do anytime. It's something, it, there's nothing as rewarding as being able to sit down and play your favorite music with the records or yep. to play the intro to fade to black. And it kind of sounds like it like, and that's stuff you can always do, you know? So it's worth yeah. the investment. It, I will say that, you know, the first few years of learning an instrument are really tough. You really have to hang in there and, and uh, don't get discouraged. It gets a lot better once you're, once you kind of get some, uh, 
get some of it under your belt, right? Like yeah, my definitely. first few years were pretty rough, but yeah, same here. You your turn, hands are sore. You, yeah, right. Developing calluses on your fingers, all but, that stuff. But at some point, you sort of turn a corner a little bit, and then it's kind of off to the races. So good luck, Fred. Yeah, and look how good Clint and I are now. Oh my God! I mean, we're. we're have I you mean, we're, seen Have you seen the latest edition of Guitar World magazine? <laughs> it's got me. We on are it. not in it. <laughs> All right, next email uh, comes from Jay. Uh, I think you might say it, Kyo? Kyo. Ko? Kyo. Kyo. I think it's Kyo. Maybe you can write it and, and explain how you pronounce your last name. But hey, Clint and Ethan, first off, I love the podcast and obviously love Metallica. But I was one of those guys that felt betrayed when the Black Album came out. Metallica <laughs> wow. were gods and could do no wrong. I got onto him when Ride the Lightning came out, bought Puppets and Justice without ever hearing a song. The first four uh, are not just my favorite Metallica albums, but my top four albums. I remember hearing Inner Salmon on the radio before the Black Album hit uh, and thinking, okay, good song, but something's a little off. I bought the album, of course, heard Sandman, heard the next song, then listened to the first mention of each, each of the rest of the songs, then pulled the tape out of the cassette and threw it in the trash. Strong. Strong. I did that with St. Anger. Um, great show. Keep it up. And if you go to the Atlanta show, hopefully I'll see you there. Jim, steamroller action on the Metallica forum. Steamroller action. So, Are so, you a steamroller operator? <laughs> I mean, he could be. Or just he directs commercials about steamrollers <clears throat> and steamroller action. Yeah. Action. So this is... And so uh, we, we, go ahead and steamroll something. <laughs> and, and go ahead, take three of steamrolling things. All right. That was good. We'll try like, to steamroll it a little differently next. <laughs> can we go a little slower? Let's do a little slower this time. Thanks. What's can my, we, mo- can what's we my motivation? The, can, we, can we put a uh, copy of the Black Album underneath that steamroller, please? <laughs> <laughs> so we've asked before, like, who are these people out here who were so bummed by that record? And I guess we're starting to meet these folks. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's interesting to me because, I mean, I, I've always loved that record. I love it even more the older I get. Um, and I, me I don't too. Know, maybe, maybe, maybe steamroller action... Maybe he'll, he'll it'll grow on him again. I don't know. But. I don't know, dude. It's it's a long time since 1991 or 92. True. <laughs> I think well, the sh- it's a, it, it's I think a the long ship might have 96 97 and I'm I'm discovering load and reload. You, you know? know what? That is very true, dude. You're an, insp- hey, you're you know, an inspiration. It's like, lear- it's like learning an instrument. It's never too late. You're an inspiration, bro. You're the inspiration. <laughs> okay. Oh, Peter Cetera's here. <laughs> Peter Cetera is a really big Metallica fan. Hey, speaking of earlier when we were joking about how not famous we are as guitar players, so yeah. I mentioned on a previous episode that I did that Joe Satriani song at my talent show, but no one got it on video and like my parents didn't go and stuff. Yeah. I reached out to my boyhood my boyhood friend who yeah. I played guitar with. I haven't talked to him in seven years and texted him and said, hey man, it's Clint. I hope your family's doing well. And do any by any chance have a recording of us doing that Joe Satriani song at the talent show? And he wrote back, are they doing a behind the music on you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're famous. I said, yeah, I fucking wish, man. All right. Uh, uh, by the way, we're trying to hunt down that video. So he, 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 thinks, he thinks his dad might have it. Okay. Danny Taylor writes this and says, dudes, as a, <laughs> dudes, dudes, as a bass player, it's the best thing ever to know that you guys are kick-ass musicians that can back up your comments with experience. I hate listening to someone talk about guitar tone or musical ability who's never played it's the worst this podcast is not that at all it's like hanging out with some buds listening to them tell stories about how much metallica means to them and at the end of it it's like all right man see you next week hell yeah bro much respect in this area (laughs) hell yeah bro all right bro love when good old torb and dave make a random appearance and the segments are coming along (laughs) cool i can't wait to see how things progress neither can we Man, that's cool. It's always fun to hear from uh, fellow musicians about, you know, our, our nerdy musician talk in regards to Metallica. Yeah. 
I agree with that. Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah, bro. See you next see week. See you next week. All right. See you, see, see you next week, Danny Taylor. <laughs> All right, our next one is from Nick Roller. Nick has written in before. First off, Better Than You, I actually skip this song every time. I listened to it before writing this email, and prior to that, it's been at least 12 years. Wow. The course is very monotonous. This would be a good example uh, <clears throat> of a time where Kirk's playing is very redeeming when a song otherwise lacking. But I uh, digress so that I may get to the fucking point. <laughs> P.S. Love that you read my email on the episode uh, Donation Incoming, which he will read, read a few names on that uh, shortly. Uh, waiting on the good old tax return. Thanks, Nick. Man, thanks, well, Nick. I'm, obviously, we're going to disagree about Better Than You. It's a song that has grown on me uh, drastically, and I love it. Um, yeah. Well, you know what I'm about to say here. It's just yeah. different, different pizza, different flavor, different fridges. Pi- different fridges, yeah. Yeah. So you get sometimes you got that outside fridge, sometimes you got a fridge in your garage. I feel like for Nick, maybe that slice of pizza in regards to better than you is in the freezer. Yeah, because so it's, it's hard. It's hard to eat and digest. Right. Well, when you haven't eaten the pizza in twelve years, you know that's going to be a rough slice. Throw that shit in the microwave, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't own a microwave like myself, put it in the oven. How, what's, so what's your deal? You don't own a microwave? No. You just I it's all, it's all it like is it all stovetop? Uh, stove top or oven? Yeah, if I want to heat something up. Uh, <clears throat> what's I just the re- think it's I just think it's weird. I just I I feel like they're bad for you. And okay, hurt your brain or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just doesn't seem right to me to like put something in there for thirty <laughs> seconds and it's piping hot. I like that you're talking about it like morally. Like it just doesn't seem right. It's not right, man. <laughs> okay, is it me? Is it my turn? <laughs> it's your turn. Okay, uh, more on the. Uh, Better Than You Train, Darth Leviosa says, why I don't like Grammy Award winning Better Than You. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I had to, I had to, I had to score, score this one because his name's Darth. You did it, dude. Uh, he says, hello, podcast. You asked for it. Here you go. Because we did ask you to, because I was so uh, flabbergasted that people don't like the song. He said, you asked for it. Here yeah. you go. And he kind of gives us a little litany of what he does not like about Better Than You. He says... What's up with the industrial sounding opening noise? Is this ministry? I actually laughed out loud at that. <laughs> I know it's pretty funny. Um, I actually like those sounds at the top. I, I yeah. like that load and reload. They were doing some experimental stuff. I think it's what's cool about it. Yeah, um, totally. But I take your point. He says the lyrics are bad. I think that's a pretty objective statement. Can't stop the train from rolling on and on and on. Come on, James. I don't think they're that bad. I really don't. Hey, um, have you ever listened to Johnny Cash? I hear the train coming. You you could you could grab one lyric from almost any song and you know uh we can agree that it's it's better than my lifestyle de- the lifestyle determines my death style totally i mean i, I get it it's not like fucking <clears throat> show-stopping poetry but right i don't know I, I, I there's like a punk element i don't know that i think better than i don't know i just think better than you kicks ass all right the weird yeah, vocal you. effect on the better than you call and response is cheesy it also doesn't help that it repeats approximately 76 times they do <laughs> it's true it does repeat and yeah, i think he's talking about it when, goes on i think he is talking about when it's like better than you and then it's like better than you yeah totally but it's I, like a it's like a slowed down dave i know but a, <laughs> a slowed down dave hello podcast hello, <laughs> well i just miss my my little danish friend <laughs> dude i think for every point this guy makes i feel the exact opposite he says the false will, ending well like 
here's, going, the, yeah, no. here's the deal better than you the idea of the song is like this it's a song about confidence and arrogance and it's a song about someone who wants to be better than someone right so to me the repetition is like sort of reinforcing the theme of the song sure yeah i mean that may be complete hocus pocus bullshit that i just said but that's how i feel he it's says, hocus pocus it's hocus pocus bullshit <laughs> he says the false ending is unnecessary since the song just repeats more after it with an extra lead part yeah again i like it and then he goes yeah. a second false ending no <laughs> no, no, that was way too calm of a no. No. Oh, he did put an exclamation point. No. Yeah. Uh, he he does though, which I appreciate this about Darth. He does leave us with three positives that he does like about the song. He says the main yeah. chorus riff is chugga chugga and pretty cool. Totally agree. Parts of the solo and outro solo are cool. And then he says the sloppy Joe intro buildup is cool. I love that. Yeah. Like they do those pick scrapes and like. I like that too. And the harmonic stuff. Yep. I mean, I think we're slowly convincing the Metallica family to fucking get on the better than you train, dude. Get on the load reload train. Oh wait, just wait for that, man. I'm gonna make believers. Oh, yeah. out, I'm gonna make believers even out of this. Who is it? Who is it up here that got that, that threw away their black album cassette? Oh, Steamroller Action. Steamroller Action. I'm gonna get that motherfucker on board too. <laughs> All right, our last email. Last email is from Jack Magnus. Hey, dudes, love your Kirk. Your Kirk Womit. Wawa, anybody? Come on. Kirk <laughs> used the Wawa pedal all the time. I love your Kirk Womit episode or podcast. Um, I definitely agree with <clears throat> a lot of your points about the latest albums as well as Kirk's overall importance to the band, which a lot of people overlook, I feel. Keep up the podcasts, guys. Thanks, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, oh. I mean, that's we got into that in the last episode. If you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it. But uh, of course, Kirk Hammett is so important to Metallica. We, what he's referencing is. You know, some of the later records, you know, the you know, current record, Hardwired, and even some of the load and reload stuff, and there's some great guitar playing on there, but it just, you know, he kind of plays safe and, and stuff like that, but Death Magnetic, though, he, he came out strong after getting put on the sidelines in the lead guitar playing department. I agree, man. Like, burning this record down, I guess this is a good segue into the record, but yeah, some really strong offerings from old Kirk Hammett. I do like when you said the Kirk Womit joke. You were like, Womit, anyone? Like, as if we're, like, in front of an audience. And you're, <laughs> yeah, no, you're not, not getting a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Anyway, is this thing um, on? Is this thing on? Is this thing on? <laughs> what is up with wah pedals? <laughs> Man, wah pedals in the airport? Crazy. What is the deal <laughs> with those wah pedals? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know Seinfeld just is like at home playing Kill em All like every day. That would be He's amazing. He's like a huge was. thrash fan. Totally. Uh, well, right before we get into uh, all things Death Magnetic, I just want to read really quick our latest Patreon pledgers. First of all, we can't thank you enough for pledging. If you guys haven't heard about it, you can go help support the show at patreon.com slash podcast. Our latest ones, we've gotten Nick Roller, Paul Moak, Farouk Ahmet, Kevin Van Dam, Nick Garcia, and Mike Kidwell. Thank you, dudes. Can't thank you enough. It's really, really, uh, means a lot to us. Yeah, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, dudes. It's so killer. It's going to help out with a lot of cool stuff like we've talked about before, like merchandise stuff. We've already obviously done the picks. We just uh, last week ordered uh, patches. So if you've got a battle jacket you're, uh, you're putting together for some of these Metallica shows, you very soon could be the proud owner of a Metal Up Your Podcast patch. And I think we're going to make buttons, too. Buttons, yeah. Um, what else are we going to make? Mean, you know what we should do? We should just Speedos. <laughs> just for, I mean, we probably have, you know, listeners that wear Speedos to the beach. Maybe they want a Metal Up Your Podcast. Maybe. I think a lot of our listeners listen as they're just wearing a single Speedo. <laughs> I'm recording this wearing a single they're Speedo. They're like, shit, it's Monday. I got to get home and put my Speedo on. 
<laughs> Speedo Monday. It's Speedo Monday, dude. <laughs> hey, if you guys have any ideas for Metal Up Your Podcast, like merch or like some kind of cool thing you'd like to see, write into us and let us know. We, we'll, we're open to anything, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. Obviously, we're going to do t-shirts and we're going to, I think we're having like a, ba- a banner made for when we go to the Detroit show yeah. for the parking lot episode. You know what would be cool is bandanas. Bandanas. Throw in your back, throw in your back pocket. Yeah. Wipe or tie your, around your neck wipe and your, rob wipe. a train. <laughs> God, I was never going to rob a train until I got that Metal Up Your Podcast bandana. Now, <laughs> I, feel, now, now I feel like I have to. Here I come, Amtrak. <laughs> Amtrak. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what other trains know, are what, there anymore? I don't know. There's there's a, there's, I'm sure there's, there's still steam trains <clears throat> like Colorado and stuff. There's a Japanese bullet train. Pretty hard to rob that, though. Pretty hard. It moves kind of quick. You have to go like the speed of light to rob that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to talk well, about Death Magnetic? Let's get in Death Magnetic. Yeah. Let's do it. Man, like I was saying before, if you've been listening to the show, you kind of know that I have not been as immersed in this record as Ethan has, or as, yeah. as many Metallica fans out there who very, invariably are more hardcore about them than me. That's all fine. Yeah. But damn, dude, I've been loving it's it. It's a man. great record, man. It really is. I've always loved the front half. Like the front half, I've mentioned this before on the show too. Saint Anger super duper bummed me out when it when all that happened, and I got yeah. off, I straight up got off the ride because it was the one two punch of Saint Anger and Jason leaving. Yeah, and I, man, I just couldn't take it. I couldn't handle it. it I, I, I admit it, it. I admit it. I really couldn't handle it. So, for me to get to fast forward to two thousand eight, I heard that they were making it with Rick. I obviously had a lot of respect for Rick Rubin, especially what he did with Slayer. I heard they were yeah. making a thrash album. So those first five songs for me. And they did so many throwback things that we'll get into, but like the for sure the intro kind of drama, and then the fourth song ballad, the Unforgiven yep. Three, which harkened back to the load and reload stuff. Yeah, it's like an instrumental, an instrumental. Oh my gosh! So yeah, I mean they, they they yeah they went they went to old formula. Plus this was you know they came back with their old logo. They, they went back to the old writing formula of just James and Lars. You know James writing the riffs, Lars arranging, and all that kind of stuff. I think so, that, I think all four of them have <clears> co-writes <throat> on every song on the record. Yeah, which is very cool. Which but is I, awesome. I, I think in general, like it, it still started with just like Hetfield yeah. writing the Hetfield right. riffs, which it, it shows. I mean, there's some great, great guitar stuff on this record, and you know, honestly, great lyrics too. Yeah, James is really digging in on this one. I feel like. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, we, well, yeah. Let's get into a couple things here. I mean, just the stuff that uh, most people know, but we we'll get into some facts as well. Um, Death Man Neck was released September 12, two thousand eight. Recorded March 14, 2007 through May 22, 2008. Recorded at Sound City, Shangri-La Studios, and Metallica HQ. Cool. Which is which is cool. Sound City, I don't know if anyone has seen the Sound City documentary that Dave Grohl produced. Mm-hmm. Really cool documentary if you're into recording <clears throat> or even if you're just into good music. Um, yeah, it's a really fun one to watch. But um, yeah, obviously we're producer, produced by Rick Rubin, mixed by, by Greg Fiddleman and Andrew Sheps. This is the intro of Greg Fiddleman, our boy. I know, man. And I mean, shit, if you've seen that documentary about the making of Death Magnetic, it's kind of like Greg's record, too. I mean. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Rick Rubin, where was he? Uh, he's not in that documentary. I mean, if maybe. You, if, if, if you guys listening don't, don't know anything about Rick Rubin, he, I know that like the 80s and like 90s, he was very <clears throat> hands-on with everything he did. His whole deal now, and I have I have friends that have recorded with him, and they're like, "Yeah, you don't really see him. He just shows up once a week, right? Listen, listens to everything, and goes, uh, change that, do that, blah blah blah, delete that, <laughs> and then that's it, you know. So it's and and also too, like you know, I, I read you know a quote from Lars where he said Rick's whole approach to recording is like the band comes in with the songs pretty much near a hundred percent, 
which is <clears> great. <throat> That's fine. The band should strive for that. Well, here's but, what. Here's what. Yeah. Well, here, Rick saw the Saint Anger thing and was like, "We're yeah. not doing that. We're not. <laughs> we're gonna, definitely not doing that. We're not going to be writing a bunch of bullshit in the studio. Like you guys do the front end work, do the pre production work. I mean, I will say, man." To, to Rick's credit, like, even if he was just responsible for, like, setting the tone, is he got them back to classic Metallica. And so... Yeah, well, it, he, it, he was also the one to say, you know, don't be afraid to go back and, like, re- reference pull from yourselves. your old records. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Which, I, I mean... Thank he, you, Rick. He probably said, like, yeah, do do an instrumental. Do <clears throat> do your sort of classic intro going into a thrash song. Do, yeah, yeah. Build on this Unforgiven thing, like, the old and the new. That might have really been his his contribution and if that's the case okay i give it to him yeah for but in, sure but in terms of a classic producer the dude that's in it with them like day to day slagging it out like bob rock had not, he didn't it's definitely a different flavor yeah it is one of, yeah for sure <clears throat> well and and you know the, the the main thing for me about this record that i that i don't care for obviously is the production it's i don't i'm, I'm not even mad that it's such a dry sounding record I just don't love the quality of this thing. I'll don't get me wrong. I'll still put that thing on the car and fucking crank it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just you know, Hetfield didn't double his vocal. I know. It's everything's dry. There's like no room sound on the drums. It's just it sounds like to me like a like a like a pretty good demo. You know what I think does sound good on the record though are the guitars. The guitars do. I do think the guitars are pretty killer. But you're right. Like good too. The bass tone is good. Like. I, a lot of it is the is really is the drums it's, and vocals. It's the, it, right. It's like the two stars of the band kind of like don't shine as much. Yeah. And it really would have been as simple as just doubling that vocal and putting a little bit of ketchup and mustard on it, man. A little bit yeah. of verb, a little bit of delay. Nothing crazy. Totally. Just ketchup and mustard. A little guys. bit of sauce. A little bit of maybe, sauce. Maybe a little tapatio on there for some spice. I always say that at Soundcheck. I always ask for ketchup and mustard. Set of reverb, <laughs> which is and what got, which is what John Lennon someone, used to do. <laughs> and then somebody from like the the kitchen comes out with ketchup and mustard and <laughs> from like, catering. This is what you want, right? Yeah. Or they from just catering. literally throw a tomato at me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> squashes on my guitar. And a bunch of mustard seeds. <laughs> um, okay, so this was their first time recording outside the barrier since the Black Album. Yeah, that's interesting. That's, I wonder, like, yeah. I wonder if they like because that's in L.A., right? Oh, uh, where, where they did the Black Album? No, no, the Sound City Studios. Oh, yeah, Sound City's in L.A., and, and so was uh, One by One Studios where they did the Black Album. Yeah, I wonder if they were, like, going home every week or if they, like, hunkered down, or I wonder kind of how they did that in terms of, like, the logistics of making the record there. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, you know, I don't know, maybe was, they, they felt more comfortable being, like, close to home. At this point, they're, they have kids, they're <clears> becoming family men, and... You know, didn't want to be gone for so long. You know, and I think they for six months. And I think they did do. They probably did most of it at HQ. Although in the making of documentary, it's a <clears> lot <throat> of them in that in uh, Sound City. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a whole <clears throat> part in that one. You, you see the whole crew loading and all their stuff, and and they definitely set up camp there for a while. So with this whole bringing the old Metallica logo back, it really is seems like um, the plan really was to sort of harken back to classic Metallica, right? Oh, definitely. I mean, I mean that that was one of the things I remember hearing about the record. I remember they released "The Day That Never Comes" as the first single, mm-hmm. and I saw the old Metallica logo, and I was and I I remember th- like anticipating that, like please use it, please use it. Is it that important? Maybe not, but for me, it, it, I felt it was. I was like, if they use the old Metallica logo, it's going to be a kick-ass record. I I just those two things kind of like coincided with each other, you know. I think it's important. I mean, I think it's just supporting the theme of the record. And I think that taking that all the way even to the artwork is 
that's what we love about that band is they give it 100 percent, right. man yeah totally let me ask you this what do you think about the co- the album artwork i like it <clears throat> I, I like it too uh the only thing i remember initially thinking was i didn't like that the metallica logo was kind of shiny looking like chrome yeah but again it, that's you know that's a minor detail put I, your I, face it, upon the chrome <laughs> Sorry, it didn't. It didn't like fully bum me out, but I remember seeing the cover. I I, I think I expected it because I heard it was going to be more thrashy. I expected the cover to be like a little darker in color, where it's a grave and it's like a white background. It's a little lighter, but uh, I still dig it. I think it's a cool thing. And then they went on. They went on to on the tour have, you know, coffins hanging from the trusses. Oh my god, I love that. Like that. It was oh so badass. Love it. The, love you know, it. I, <laughs> burn your face upon the chrome. <laughs> that's just that's going to be a segment of just Dave doing like lyrics. Yeah, totally. Off to the day, new days missed. I run. Uh, I was. <laughs> I wish you had a Dave Mustaine puppet when you did that. <laughs> Are make, there any puppet puppet makers uh, that listen to the podcast? Make I'll, us a Torben and Dave puppet. Oh my god! <clears throat> god, um, we could have the funniest YouTube channel if we did that. Yeah. Yeah, we could. I was at, I was going to say though about their their um their record covers. I was obviously it's record store day, which I know you and I are both big cele- celebrants oh, yeah. of that day. Yeah. And uh so I went I'm out here in Southern California. Actually, I don't know where I'm at in California. And uh we found one, but I was going through the metal section and dude, some of these metal bands have some fucking brutal covers, dude. And Metallica's never really done that. Like Kill 'Em All's probably the most brutal one. Yeah, I mean they, they, you know, some of them were like dark ish you know at redlining but i'm thinking about stuff, like but, you know like obituary record covers oh or like, like or like uh cannibal corpse exactly and stuff like that. we're just yeah, like oh yeah that that's some strong strong flavor it's like almost close yeah. to look at yeah, yeah it is uh, i like the death magnetic i like the coffin that's kind of a magnet like i, I thought I, mm-hmm. I thought it was yeah. really cool i like the title too i think the title is pretty killer yeah for sure yeah and it was cool it, it, it wasn't a song on the record it was just from a lyric you know um from I my apocalypse my, my apocalypse it's my yeah. apocalypse yeah um, but yeah, no, I, I, I love the cover. I think, I, I think it's super cool. And I love how they incorporate it into the tour and the box set was like a coffin shaped thing. You one know, of they, the, they, um, one of the working titles for the record was suicide and redemption, which is why it ended up being the title of the instrumental. Yeah. Which would have been a cool album title. I think so. Yeah. So, uh, how about this? Uh, St. Anger, suicide, this record redemption. Okay. I like it. I like it. Connecting the dots. That's, that's my really cheesy ex- explanation. <laughs> but they don't see it that way, you know? Like, they... Right, yeah. They and a whole slew of Metallica fans, which we've been hearing from about the top 10 records, you know, everyone's kind of found their own little place with that record. Most of the people, it's yeah. at the bottom. But some people really love it, man. It's it's I, it's I a head-scratcher. It, it's a head-scratcher, but whatever. Pizza, pizza, and pizza. you know what? I've heard, I've heard people, speaking of their pizza, mm-hmm. I've heard people, like like especially since hardware came out they're like finally like they're back to a th- being a thrash band i'll say this there's more thrash stuff on death magnetic than there is on hardware for sure i mean i think and there's so a- for anyone to say that like oh it's the first thrash thing since injustice for all eh, i think you skipped over death magnetic first death magnetic is a straight up thrash record for yeah, sure it's great and like oh, yeah. I, I only thought that hardwired was because the first tune i heard was hardwired but i think that other than hardwired moth and spit out the bone it's that's to me. Those are only three thrash moments. I mean, it's it's kind of subjective, but whatever. It is, yeah. But Death Magnetic whatever, is speed. It's straight up, straight up speed metal, and yeah, there's great stuff on there. It's fucking awesome. All right, um, yeah. 
Let's see. I love this that 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 uh, a, a record store in France started selling the album two weeks early, resulting obviously in the, the album leaking. Which they're pretty and, they're pretty sensitive to that stuff. They are, but Lars was quoted as saying that like it didn't bother him he, like, at the time. He's like, it's 2008. Like I think we got lucky, you know. That it didn't leak um, sooner. They didn't leak sooner. Yeah. So it seemed like he you know kind of let that just you know brush off his shoulder like it wasn't a big deal. Um, well, at least they I were mean, actually the selling it. Be- at least they were selling it. Yeah. It wasn't like being stolen or pirated. Right. I think I, I think once it was sold, then it leaked and people started you know torrenting it and things like that. Oh shit. But dude, it still debuted at number one. It's it sold almost five hundred thousand copies in three days. Great. I mean, it's Metallica. Of course, it's going to. But great, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the first single was the day, the day that never comes, which is obviously their their classic track four ballad into thrash song. Which is interesting and for the first single. The first thing I saw was a, a live debut of Cyanide. Yeah, that and, was the that was the first one they did. They 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 did a couple things. Uh, what were they called? It was like. Uh, uh, called like that new song or whatever, where they just kind of played an instrumental thing, and there was rifts from certain songs from mm-hmm. this record. I think maybe just to get fans excited or something. But yeah, Cyanide was the first official live premiere, and then followed by the day, the day that never comes. It's an interesting first single. I mean, I get it, I, but you would think they would have like maybe gone with something faster for the first single. Yeah, maybe end of the line or something. But I mean, it's still rad. I mean, it, it's that. I mean, it's the same same idea as when they released one. I mean, that was the same kind of formula: ballad into a fast part. Right, you know, and that was the, that was the single first single off that. So, um, did you actually hear the? Uh, it was called the world premiere Death Magnetic with Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. I did. I wish I would have because that sounds dude, so fun, dude. It's on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. Okay, and there's, I, th- I believe there's, vi- there's, it might be video. I haven't watched it in a while, but if if those listening have not heard that, it's so fun to listen to because it's Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins hearing this for the first time. And, and I'm guessing they're buds and they're big fans, right? Yeah, totally. And they're in HQ and there's like fans sitting around and stuff. And oh, they're just cool. listening to the new record. It's really cool. Wow. And there's parts where like Taylor, you know, there's like a f- super fast, you know, thrashy drum part and like Taylor Hawkins says to Lars something about, he's like, man, how did you get through that kind of stuff? And he goes, a lot of Advil. <laughs> Advil? <laughs> just... <laughs> loosen his blood up or just, something. Thin his blood. Or he's just really sore from like just sore, t- take yeah. after take. So the whole but it's cool. So the whole band's there with Dave and Taylor. Yeah, and, f- the and, whole then, f- and then fans and some fans, and they're just sitting there hanging out, listening to the record, and they broadcast it on uh, like uh, like some like 175 radio stations in U.S. and Canada. Let me ask you this. Uh, it, yeah, ask me. Did Rick Rubin's lazy ass make it there? I don't think so. <laughs> he couldn't even fucking make that thing. I know. Um, he could have been there. I don't. Again, I haven't watched it in a couple of years, so maybe he was sitting there in the background, hovering over, L- laying know. on a couch on his phone. Totally. <laughs> the only scene he's in in that documentary, he's literally laying on a couch on yeah. his fucking phone. Yeah. What? Uh, what's the sound scan <laughs> up to license to ill? <laughs> uh, but if you guys are listening and you, ha- and you haven't heard that, it's on. You can find it on YouTube. It's the world premiere of Death Magnetic, and it's really, really entertaining to listen to. Very cool. I'm going to check that out um, tonight. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, <clears throat> also, during during the, the, I guess it was even during the touring cycle of Death Magnetic, uh, they, this is also when they released Guitar Hero Metallica, which I own, and I also own a Guitar Hero Explorer controller. So cool, which we, man. Which we've never played together. Maybe we should do that next time. I've never played it. I've never, I, I don't play, I don't have any way to play video games. <laughs> yeah, that's... I, I was into like, you know, I had Nintendo, Super Nintendo. I had all that, yeah. yeah. In 64, and then I stopped at PlayStation 2. Yeah. 
And I pretty I honestly, I think the last game I bought was Guitar Hero Metallica. And then my wife, for like my birthday one year, got me an Explorer controller. God, is it like white? It's black. God, it's so cool. I need to put I need to put a piece of tape on it up there on the end and have it say more beer or eat, eat fuck eat or fuck, something. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I need a I need a snake bite <laughs> Guitar Hero guitar. <laughs> totally. But no, it was cool. That, uh, so before Guitar Hero Metallica came out, they released all of Death Magnetic, the whole record as playable songs. Wow. On, I think it, it was Guitar Hero Three. I think like Legends of Rock or whatever it was called. Um, but you could, as a user, you could download that whole record and play it. And then Guitar Hero Metallica came out, where they actually went in and to develop the video game, put those like blue suits on with all the ball right. ball things on them. There's, there's so you, actually footage of so, Lars oh. not remembering how to do the intro to um, to Shortest Straw. Okay, it's hilarious because he's like, "What did I do in the studio? He can't figure it out." Well, did they put them all in Rob so they could just accurately simulate the old crab walk? Oh yeah, no. There's crab walking in that game. <laughs> For real? There is, yeah. And and I, I need to I need to play it again. But I think you can unlock like Cliff Burton and stuff. What? That's so fucking yeah. cool, dude. It's really fun, man. We should play it sometime. I don't I don't have the game and I've never played it, but I am aware kind of like culturally yeah. how significant it is. And the thing that I love about it, I'm sure it's one of the reasons that they jumped on doing it, is because it just introduced their music to this whole new generation. Oh yeah, for it's sure. such a cool way to have kids interact with music again. Oh yeah, and then in uh, and, and on that, <clears throat> so they had they had the Death Magnetic content you could download, and then on the official game there was twenty eight Metallica songs, and then a, a bunch of other songs that they chose that they're influenced by, like the Thin Lizzy song is on there, things like that. The only time I ever played Guitar Hero is like I had some like young. This is a long like ten years ago or whatever. I had a young niece and nephew who were playing it and they were like mm-hmm. you know six years old but were like murdering on this thing right. <laughs> yeah, so totally. they're like Uncle Clint, he can play or whatever. They give it to me. <clears throat> And I just totally sucked at it, and they they were giving me a hard time. They were like, they were like, they were seriously like, had a disgusted look on their face. They were like, "You suck at this." I was like, "Listen, motherfuckers, I'm good at this in real life. I can do real good. I'm I a play real guitar a hero. real guitar. Take your video game, dudes. You little mean little bullies." Well, it's a good, it's a good time. We'll have to play it sometime. I'd love maybe. to. Is it is it hard to learn how to do? Is it tough? What? You, well, you you can start on easy mode. I would. That's what I would do. I'll go to expert. Like, does it have like Dyer's Eve on it and stuff? Uh, I think Dyer's Eve is on there too. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of good stuff on that there. Sounds man. Really it's fun. So fun. What it's cons- really fun. What console is it on? I have I, it, it, I, th- I have it on PS2. I still have that thing. I think it was on PS3, Xbox. Okay. Bunch of so those, it's but... so it's like it's you can be on any console. Okay. It's not like a yeah yeah okay. Yeah. But I've got it, man. <clears throat> Next right. time we're both in, both in town together, we will partake. Which I don't think is going to be ever again in 2017. Yeah, I think I'm. Uh, yeah, I think every episode from now on is gonna be remotely t- recorded. Wow. <clears throat> but um, so a- as they released this, they they did a surprise show at South by Southwest, March twentieth, two thousand nine, to promote Guitar Hero, and this was all in the middle of the worldwide uh, World Magnetic Tour. Cool. And that tour started October twenty first, two thousand eight, in Arizona, and went until November twenty first, two thousand ten. Yeah, I think this was so, the first time they kind of started doing the. Just take two years to do the the tour and like go right. like the you know go home more more of that yeah. the thing that James talks about like being being balanced and healthy mind body spirit stuff. Yep, I think this totally, is kind of where they really learned how to do that. What's crazy is, is is that this tour was the most successful tour they had had, even more than the Black Album. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I I printed out some stuff here. It it, it grossed roughly two hundred seventeen point two million. Uh, the 18th highest grossing tour of all time. Unbelievable. Um, I'm, I mean, this is this, this also might be from a few years ago, so maybe like the Guns tour recently is gone above that. But 
for Metallica, that's pretty crazy. It was their biggest, their most successful tour. Was it? Uh, and I'm sorry to our fans who may give us a hard time for this. I don't know, but um, was it a stadium tour or was it arenas? Do we know? I think it was, it was mostly arenas. When I saw him, it was on this tour. It was an arena. Is this when you saw him in Australia? Yeah, in Brisbane. Yeah. Okay, cool. I wish I could have um, seen this tour, man. I mean, I've seen like the DVDs of it and stuff, but the, I think the band was really kicking ass at this time. They did when I the show I saw was awesome. They were they were in good top shape. Cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that kind of winds up our facts. Uh, there's a few I had down here, but we've already kind of talked about them. Like the records two times platinum, uh, the sound quality, things like that. Uh, the only thing I'll comment on the sound quality was everything I read when that came out was that basically <clears throat> during tracking and mixing, everything was quote unquote brick walled. Like when it went to mastering, there was no room for the mastering engineer to like make any improvements. So w- the mastering he did caused like digital clipping and like the original one didn't really sound that good. You could hear like little kind of sounds happening. Yeah. It was kind of a was big a deal at the time, right? Big deal. But thankful to the Metallica community when they uh, and how it works with Guitar Hero is when songs get sent in for something like that they have to be unmastered they have to be remastered for a video game format okay so people started ripping those from Guitar Hero and remastering them themselves okay I've actually downloaded a few remasters from fans and some of them sound really good right but so like but didn't they solve it themselves too so like if you go buy Death Magnetic today off iTunes they remastered it to yeah, solve I think they, like they yeah. they've officially addressed this issue right yeah, they, yeah, okay. yeah. They 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 did a remaster for iTunes because um, the version I was been listening to on my phone, I got a new phone and had to just had I actually had to get a new version of it. I mean, yeah, it sounds okay to me. There, there's like production elements like James's vocal that I don't dig, but in terms of like clipping sure. and mastering, I don't really hear a problem. No, I mean the original one. I think the one I, I originally purchased on iTunes. I mean, it's on my hard drive now, and I can I can still hear it. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. But yeah, but whatever. It's still a great record. We love it. Yeah. And I, this brings us right into a track by track. Let's do it. You want to do a track by track? Yeah. Da, 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 or, da, 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 as, da. Track as opposed track. to what? Uh, I don't know. As opposed to word by word. <laughs> That'd be a long, <laughs> let's a take long this, episode. Let's take the album word by word. All right, you start it. Let's take this line by line. <laughs> um, um, so we've mentioned this before. That they kind of do the, the in, in true form to referencing themselves, they do the sort of Fight fire with fire, blackened. Uh, mm-hmm. um, what's what's the one I'm leaving off? Oh my god, battery. Battery. Intro. Uh, it's probably my least favorite of all those intros, but I still like it. I like it too. It, I like it, the heartbeat. T- yeah, the heartbeat's cool, and they also use that in the live show when I saw them. Yeah, they, like, they had the their track. intro music. Yeah, yeah, had a track going. You hear the gung, 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 which gung, that's pretty exciting. Awesome. And I do like that the guitar kind of sounds creepy. It's got that weird like flanger on it. Yeah. Totally. No, I, I think there's a good like tension and like eeriness in that thing before it comes in with like the big hits. That's true. I dig it. Uh, I think it's, uh, and then of course that was just your life. That riff is so killer. Oh, it's great. It sets a That's good a tone. Good classic headfield. Exactly. That's what I was saying. Like it sets a great tone for the record. Like I was just so stoked when that first riff hit, man. Oh yeah. I was it's just exciting. like, oh my right God, right they're it. back. Oh dude. I was I mean, even when the first single came out, that never comes. Even just that, I was like, "Thank God, it's not San Anger." Yeah, well, because this is kind of their comeback, right? I agree, and and like I'm I'm partial to their ballads because I remember hearing "Day Never Comes" also, and then when it yeah. got to that end thing, it was a total to me that that triplet thing they do is a total homage to one. Oh, yeah. 
you know, like. <laughs> we're so good at doing that. It sounds just like the record. We're really good. I'll bet you. I'll bet everyone listening thought we just inserted a clip from the song. Like, oh my god, was that Death Magnetic? That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay Dude, um i love i love the chorus on this song dude the chord progression hetfield's melody it's so well, good i love that i blind my eyes section like i blind my eyes too you know like oh yeah i was like to me when i first heard that i thought man i don't think i've ever heard them sound like that there's like this is such a cool thing uh i will say that like the words feel really fast and it feels like he's having a hard time singing it. I and mean, I've heard him yeah. say in interviews that it was a really hard one to cut, but I can hear it's that he's, wordy. I can hear that it's uncomfortable. So that would be my only thing. Like the way they do the bridge, uh, like a touch from hell to feel how hot. Yeah. I wish they would have done all the verses like that because it lets it breathe a little bit. Yeah, it totally does. Instead yeah, he, of... He crams a lot in there. And, yeah. And I don't... Yeah, and I think the lyrics kind of suffer up for it too because he's having to like... He really wanted it to be on the beat, you know? And right, I, I get yeah. it from a composing standpoint, but the br- yeah. the bridge is basically a third verse, but he sings the melody different and it's more melodic and it's it just feels... I, yeah, that's my fi- one of my favorite parts. The bridge? Me too. Yeah, but it, but yeah. the, the reason is because it's just basically a verse, Yeah, but it's not that spitty, like, on the beat thing. Yeah, for sure. But that is literally my only qualms of the song. This song kicks ass. I'm so glad they wrote it. It's probably... It's definitely in my top 20. I'll say it's in my top yeah, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. All right. End of the line. Love it. Another great one. Uh, this one really uh, kind of <clears throat> showcasing Trujillo at the beginning. Yep, which is great. That good bass part. Yeah. I I mean, lo- and I love the group. It sounds like some Tool stuff from Lateralis. I remember thinking that. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking at the time, like, I wonder if they listen to Tool. Because the groove rock of it sounds like <laughs> a Tool track. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, like you said before, the first five tracks, I mean, this is this is one of my favorites of the first Me five. Me too, bro. Love it. Yeah, bro. See you next week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I went all the way back to the new. In- God, you just really hearkened back there, <clears throat> much like Metallica yeah. did with this record. Exactly. That was my point. Uh, um, do you have anything to say about anything else? I have something else to say I, about this song. I don't have any. I don't really have much negative to say about this song. Um, I don't either. I don't have anything negative to say about it. I think I think the verses are my favorite part in this song. It reminds me of very very classic Metallica. Like, um, I don't know if you can hear my dog barking. I can. How's your dog doing, by the way? I think our listeners would like an update on that. Yeah, my dog had to have um, TPLO surgery, which is basically like uh, you tore your ACL, Uh, and it sucks because he has to have his knee cut open and they cut part of the bone and put in a plate. So my poor dog has his whole leg shaved. He looks all sexy. And he's a Malamute, so he, his fur is like a husky almost. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, he's doing good. He just got his cone off yesterday and his stitches out. His so, cone, did he have a cone of shame? He had a cone of shame, but we're on the road to recovery. That's good, man. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, he's good. He just has to be kind of like pent up in the bedroom for like three months because he can't run until like September or something uh, crazy. Sounds just like me, except I can't run until forever happens. Yeah, exactly. I will say I'll about... start running next uh, <laughs> in 2019. I'll start running in my next life as a runner. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I do want to say, the, I think like the only kind of load reload hearkening moment is in the end of the line, that slow like drop the hourglass of time spilling sand oh, yeah. we will not find I love that part. It has this cool effect on his vocal and it sounds like load reload which everyone who listens to our fucking yeah. show knows that that's my stuff. So right. 
I have nothing bad to say yeah, about this, this song. This is one of my favorite songs on the record, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, Broken, Beaten, Scarred. Um, I like all the Tom stuff at the top. I mean, I think this is another yeah. barn burner, man. This is the, out of the gate, dude, these songs are just fucking killing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I, um, I don't dig the... Um, I mean, grammatically, it's wrong to say what don't kill you will make you more strong, right? It's stronger. Hey Clint, what what don't kill you will make you more strong. <laughs> and so that's that, al- that's that, always bothered me. And then it's I was th- going to bring that up too. That's my least favorite lyric on this one because it's not great. And then not only is it not great, they fucking repeat it a lot. A lot. What yeah. don't kill you make you more strong. It's like let's sing that. But, 25 I, but times. I love the rise fall part. Like you the co- rise, with, with the chords. I agree. No, no. But before the what won't kill you, the uh, rise. That whole thing, I know, yeah, is so killer. I know. And then, it really what is. Don't kill you, make you more strong. It's, I know. And if you go, I don't, to like, I don't love that. And you know, and I'm not slagging on Rob, but you know, he he's having to carry those vocals live, and it's not great. Yeah. And but anyway, it, it's too repetitive. But I think the melodies are great. I think the song kicks ass, and it's a great little yeah. great little solo from old Kirk Hammett. Oh yeah, no, he. I mean, yeah, we haven't even discussed that yet. I mean, <clears throat> Kirk really, I feel had some pent up anger from Saint Anger when he wasn't allowed to solo basically and, and he came in strong with on this record. He it's did. a lot I, of good stuff. I agree, man. I, I I just revisiting it all this week, I've been real impressed. Especially like right on the heels of our Kirk episode where we yeah. aired aired our grievances about hardwired. It was nice to hear him sounding really strong. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And you know, if if, if that one little lyric on this song is is the worst part about it, we're still in good shape. I totally agree. And you know, like it doesn't make sense, but it kind of works well in the song phonetically. And maybe that's, maybe they were going for more of a feeling than like being grammar teachers. And I think that's cool too. Yeah. You know, he could have said, what don't kill you, make him more stronger. <laughs> I still wouldn't like, that would I still been, wouldn't like it. <laughs> I wouldn't like that either. <laughs> what don't kill you, make him more strong. Hello. Torben hello, gr- the chorus, hello grammar. <laughs> <laughs> hello, English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, track four, which is could be one of my favorites on this record. I, they had never comes. I think pound for pound, it's the best song on the record. Yeah, I mean everything from Hetfield's intro. It's real creepy sounding, but very beautiful at the same time. Kirk does that cool octave thing over I think, it. Which, I think, yeah, I think there's a really cool, in true form, classic metallic, a cool little Kirk solo over yeah. it. That's melodic totally, and <clears throat> interesting. Kind of takes you on a journey. Yeah. No, this is good. I mean, the, uh, Hetfield's vocals I love on this song. He he does a good, like, his kind of softer vocals on the verses and stuff. Um, my favorite line is, he, is you, you hear that good classic Hetfield growl. I think it's on the second verse where he says, uh, God will make them pay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. There's a yeah in that one. Yeah, it's, it's, it is one of those songs when I hear it, I do think, man, a little bit of ketchup and mustard on that vocal would have really sent it over the top. Dude. Yeah, yeah, ketchup and mustard it, all the it way. Because is, it is bone dry. It's very dry. Again, but, that's, 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 the, my main, that's my biggest complaint about the whole record is it sounds so dry. Like I said, it sounds like a really good demo. But I, I mean, you know, like most Metallica fans, I love so many different facets of the band and what they do, but I do have a soft spot for like, I think James has got a great voice, and I like it when he does the more delicate thing. 
Yeah, totally. And it is kind of that fade to black thing, but unlike fade to black, I really do like that this chorus has a lyric. Like there, there is a chorus to this song, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I love no, the that chorus, the chorus is awesome. I love that. Maybe I'm a ama- I call it the maybe I'm a maze line when it's like that like cool walk up they do. Oh yeah, and and that's the whole transition into the the thrashy ending. Well, they do it after the. I choose bop bops instead of dot dots. Like you know, you can choose one. God damn it! That was a nice clip we just inserted from the actual record. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really have anything bad to say. I think I think that back half dude is so slamming, man. I hope they start playing it live again. Yeah, I I had some facts about that for maybe for more for the deep cuts, but are they not playing it much these days? I guess not. They're not playing much from this whole album. God, what? I don't know. I mean, I, I hope they haven't written it off like they did San Anger. Well, I mean, this record is fucking night and day from that. Me- of course, catastrophe. Of course. Yeah. Some people, um, some people are like on the on the forums are like, man, they need to bring Frantic back. They need to bring San Anger. I'm like, no, they don't. Bring All Nightmare Long back, motherfucker. <laughs> Exactly. Bring into the line into the fold here. I mean, speaking of all nightmare long, that's the next track on the record, and this, that's the one you text me about. Would you say all nightmare long? Yeah. Just, uh, I think I did all caps. Whoa. Yeah. Because that man, it's this, one. Of, this it's, it's one of the ones I never. Favorite co- go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you hang up. Okay. No, you hang up. But you hang up first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is probably my favorite chorus on the record. It's strong, man. I mean, the the riffs in this one, like here here was my thought. Like, I, you know, I listened to it like six times in a row because I was just loving it. There's there's a lot to love too. It's it's very complicated and long, but it's like a straight up right. Slayer song, dude. This is like them kind of putting on that Slayer flavor. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> uh, you know what the working title for this song was? Uh, t- tell me, <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Flamingo. <laughs> Flamingo. <laughs> it's like the most brutal. I think this is the most brutal song on the record, by the way. It was, they have working titles for for like most of the songs, and it's just like something funny. Usually, yeah, yeah. You know? <clears throat> but what if they left it at... Oh, wait, the track after The Day Never Comes is called Flamingo. Flamingo. Uh, I, there's another great little James moment in the uh, in the first chorus. He does, luck runs out. Out. Oh, I love that crap. <laughs> I do too, dude. But God, the riffs are so killer. It's like that great tremolo picking. I love hearing uh-huh. those the, the right hand on those dudes. Let me ask you this: I know did Kirk play rhythm on this record, or did James do it? Do we know? Uh, did they take it that far back? I feel like he does that most of the time, though. I mean, like you know, you you watch any stuff that they they put in or on YouTube or whatever, you know, for, uh, or on what is it, Metallica TV or whatever, and you mostly. Whenever Kirk's in there, you just see him doing lead stuff, overdubbing lead stuff. Well, then he's definitely so, then he's definitely using Kirk's gear because the you can hear you know whatever's panned right. It sounds like Kirk's tone. Yeah, and he might he might have done a lot of rhythm on this record. I, I just I always assume James does most of it. You no, know, you're right. I, I didn't I didn't see much of it in that doc, but yeah, this is this song really showcases how how well they it's kind of this song to me is kind of the disposable heroes of death magnetic yeah, oh yeah oh, just yeah. the right hand action here's lars claims which by the way they do like a, a track by track there's like three minutes long on the metallica fan page of this whole record right. it's really cool and yeah. lars claims which we have a listener i think his name is Vinny, 
who's just obsessed with the Presidio sessions. He's like convinced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he's convinced that there's like a record in there that's really special and cool. And um, maybe there is. We're, we're going to do a whole episode on that. But Lars has claimed that this was the only thing left over from those sessions. Were like the bits and pieces really, that became song? all nightmare long. He said these these go well, all the way back I'm, to Saint Anger. God, I'm glad they saved it. Yeah, gosh, this song wouldn't fit if, on I that mean, record. It's too good. From, it's way too good. And if this was left over, I would not want to hear <clears> what the uh, origins of it were with that production from Saint Anger. Oh my God, with that tone, ugh, yucky. King, king, king. <laughs> That was the Saint Anger snare, by the way. Yeah. Oh, we all know. We know. <laughs> if you didn't pick up on that one, um, uh, I do have a dude. stat about this one. This one was performed 103 okay. times. Last time they played it, 2015. Oh, good. Okay. So it's 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 been somewhat recent. They probably played it at the show you went to. Uh, do you remember? I believe they did. Okay. Yeah, they did like four. I believe I have to go b- back and look at the set list online, but I believe there was four or five, four songs from. From this record I could I, I mean it's like if they're not playing these tunes anymore all you folks out there who got to catch that tour I know some of you are just insane Metallica fans probably saw like 40 shows but it seems like man that was a good time to go see them because they're not they're not bringing yeah. these tunes out dude they need to they really need to well you know what one of the problem like, you know what one of the problems is and I put quotes over problems it's hardwired kicks so much ass they're just playing a ton of tunes off of it it does I mean yeah it's it's tough <clears> to <throat> compete I mean but I, I mean, for like the next track, I would love to hear live more cyanide. Yeah, I like cyanide. I do. I really like the song. It's in our. Yeah, it, I mean, it made our intro. It's part of our beloved. That's right. Yeah. Collage of yeah. riffs. Exactly. Um, yeah. There's a lot of cool riffs in this one. Um, there's a few little parts that, like, I don't love the 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 Robert part, like do 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 or whatever it is. You know. Oh, like, I love it. You don't like that? You like it? I don't. I don't know. I what just bothers you? I don't know. It's just something to me that seems like if I was the producer, I'd be like, oh, let's just cut that out and go straight into... Right. I don't know. That's just personal preference. But you know those Metallica dudes. I mean, they love adding They love adding parts into shit. They do. They do, yeah. This is a long-ass record, man. It's very long, The yeah. shortest song is My Apocalypse. Um, it's like six even, minutes long. Even when Suicide and Redemption might be the longest instrumental. It's like almost ten minutes. You there? Did I lose crazy. you? Uh, I I see you. Okay, we're here. We're still, re- I, we're still I, good. We're I, recording. You, All right. Okay. We won't edit this out, everybody. You, you can listen to our flaws. Uh, I think this is one of the best choruses on the record. Oh, and there was a cool story about the song. So the the uh, genesis of the song is the band together went to see the cult at the Fillmore because they're like friends with the cult. They've toured with them and right, stuff. Right. So they kind of went to say hi. But he James said, you know, we really just went to say hi to him, but we kind of decided to stay because we were just yeah. digging the show. And it like charged him up and inspired him. So he they went back to HQ after the Fillmore and together oh, wow. together wrote what kind of became Cyanide. That's pretty cool. Which is kind of, awesome. I, I like the kind of Hard Day's Night image of like them all like living at HQ, like going to yeah. shows together, living there. Fucking Rob slides down a fireman's pole. <laughs> into the crab walk sk- position skipping down the street <laughs> so, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> somebody jumps and clicks her heels together <laughs> Kirk's just fucking making veggie pancakes and eggs in the <laughs> veggie kitchen pancakes. veggie pancakes yeah you gotta, you gotta get the meat out of the bread and the okay that's right um, <clears throat> dude, moving on uh, my second favorite in the Unforgiven series the Unforgiven 3 yeah it's my third but I love it I love it I love I love the piano intro um, me too you know there's some stuff in there that like I mean I know this was all after Michael Kamen died but some of the, the string stuff on this song 
I mean, it sounds like he did it. It's like in his kind of th- that vein that he did on S and M. He just co- he just composed it from so, heaven. So I mean, that's right, man. He totally did. Uh, <laughs> is it the only appearance of a piano on a Metallica record? Hmm. Uh, good question. Yeah, I don't know the answer. Maybe some of our listeners do, but I I it, think it, it is. It might be. Yeah. I mean, what else would piano be like? Orion, Orion or something? Maybe. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> it's um. <laughs> I mean, hey, a hurdy-gurdy made it on before a piano. <laughs> no, that's true. If it was going to be something, it would probably be load and reload. Uh, there's not one of Mama said. I don't know. This if, might be if, it. If, if there is, it's one of those things that I just maybe has gone unnoticed when I've listened to other records. But um, I, all that to say, I mean, the, the, the piano intro on this is really cool, and I, I love the mood it sets for the song. Um, well, James said that when he was composing that intro that he was inspired by uh, Ennio Morricone. Oh, very that was cool. kind of what he was like reaching for. They've only played it seven times, dude. Dude, I would love to hear this one. I would love to hear this <clears> one <throat> on another S and M record. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that for sure. We'll do that one day. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a what if what if S and M too. The debut of it though is on Metallica.com. If you go to like, you can yeah. look at every song like kind of stats on songs. Man, Metallica.com is such an amazing resource, dude. It's so good, yeah. And they they have the debut performance of it, and the whole intro is like a track, and all the lights are out. And then kind of that, like, going back to Unforgiven 1, the verses are real heavy, right? The chorus gets yeah. real mellow. And I think I think the lyric is killer, dude. Like, the whole, like, lost at sea vibe. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Man, it's... No, this, they, they did a great job for... I mean, because I do remember rolling my eyes when I finally got the record. And before I heard it, seeing Unforgiven 3, and I was like, oh, seriously, another one? Because yeah. at the time, <clears throat> I wasn't a huge fan of Load and Reload. And, and when they did Unforgiven 2, I was kind of like, uh, boring back then you know but so i saw that and i was like oh god is this gonna suck and then i remember listening to it going damn this is really good yeah it's Uh, a great track man imagine my surprise when i realized it actually had lyrics and vocals (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah wasn't this the instrumental once upon a time not long ago i thought it was yes i I admit it whatever (laughs) uh judas kiss what do you think i i love judas kiss not one of my favorites on the record I, i i i'm not surprised it's later in the in the record but I do like it. Um, there's a lot of cool riffs in there. I like that. You know, um, I like it. Yeah, I like. I think. I think it's in the. Uh, it's a contender for strongest lyric on the record. Yeah, yeah. I, I, lyrics are good. Uh, and I love the uh, the so what now where go I part. I love that melody. I kind of yeah. wish that he they had maybe fleshed that out more. Yeah. Because before it gets back into just thrashy chugga chugga stuff. Because that totally. so what now where go I like kind of it gets real melodic and it sounds like territory they don't hang in a lot yeah uh, and there's a lot of just cool like odd time signature stuff in this one like they kind of you know went into that territory a little bit where <clears throat> you know you're not necessarily snapping your fingers like to this groove they do it's uh, I guess dabbles in a little bit of kind of tech metal or something but um, but dude just yeah, that so what now where go I I love that part Oh yeah, that's great. That is a is that, that's definitely a Hetfield highlight on on this song for sure. And I, dude, I love that after the solo, the um, that lyric, uh, Judas lives, recite this vow. I've become your new god now. It's like and yeah, then into another solo. Ah, totally, that's so good. And the solo is like nice and creepy. I think mm-hmm. Kirk did a good job, like matching the solo to the subject matter. It was a song about betrayal yeah. and these heavy themes about Judas and. I mean, again, we we, we got our we got our Kirk Hammett back on this. We record. got our boy back. We miss him. Yeah, man, come back to you're us, our, Kirk. You're our boy. Come back to us, homie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, Suicide Redemption. Man, it's cool, dude. I I like it. It's 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 long. It's long. It's real long. It's about ten minutes long. Yeah, and there's a lot of cool stuff in it, but it's it's my least favorite instrumental the band's done. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm I don't hate it by any means, but it just goes on for so long, and there's nothing in it. Like there's cool riffs from time to time, but there's the the composition of it in comparison to to Live Is to Die or Orion. It just I I get a little lost in this one, you know. I, I yeah I would say yeah I this might be the only moment in the record where I get I, I get kind of bored. Yeah. If 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 there was one song I, I have frequently skipped, it's this one. But man, the live debut of it's on the Metallica website, and yeah. they've only played it twice. By the way, they did it uh, uh, like in two thousand nine in July, and then they did it for the thirtieth anniversary shows in two thousand eleven. That's right. Yeah. But in the one where they debut it. It's worth watching for all of you out there because James is so stoked. He's yeah. he's loving it, man. And then you know James does that second solo. Yep, which totally. is like oh, it's so fucking good. It's so. Well, it's also like a, a vocal break for him too during the show. He's probably like, oh, I don't have to sing. I don't think that's why he's looking so happy. <laughs> but yeah, I know. <laughs> but he's no. It's no. I mean, you know how it is. We, we've been on tour long enough where like you're in a band and, you, and you're playing a, a new song for the first time. It's so exciting. Yeah, and like they they land this one moment towards the end, which I'm like you. I get real bogged. Like I don't know which riff is what, but by the right. end they kind of land this one thing together, and James is just you know. He just looks like a kid, man. I love I love yeah, seeing James awesome. get excited. It's yeah, it's, for sure. You know, it's contagious. Uh, yeah, I did think this was funny. So they were going to call <laughs> Kirk's idea for a song title for the song was I Planet Conversations. You. Clint, hello. There you are. You're back. Hey, can you hear me? I I lost you. Okay, you got me back. All right, uh, we're back. We're good. So Kirk's Kirk's idea for a song title for the song. This is James oh, talking man. about it was Planet Conversations. And James Kirk. is like, that's just so Kirk. It's, uh, we should have a segment called That's So Kirk. That's, hello, Kirk. <laughs> Planet Conversations. Welcome to That's So Kirk. Welcome to Planet Conversations <laughs> with Kirk Womit. With Kirk Womit. <laughs> uh, I agree. I, th- I think it's the kind of one moment. And the thing is, the song kicks ass. It's just it really could have been a bit shorter. I mean, even even if it was, you know, by two or three minutes. I mean, I think I think, my attention I think would have been held a lot longer. I agree. I think it's the it's the longest instrumental, right? No, the other yeah, ones are that long. It's ten minutes. Ten minutes, man. That's a long song. God damn. <clears throat> I don't think there's anything that hits ten minutes on Justice. I think the song on Justice for All is like, like nine, nine something. something. I mean, it, to me, Suicide and Redemption is is super impressive. So like, yeah, much <clears> much <throat> respect to those dudes for creating that thing and performing it i mean hats off but it's it's a bit of it's a track skipper to be honest with you yeah for sure but we are we are uh speaking of redemption my apocalypse being the last track is so fucking kick ass such a kick kick you in the ass thrash and it's shorter you know like five minutes it's them at their old school sort of damage ink best oh yeah do you i mean do the the pre-chorus um is is that kind of damaging? The, the, you know, uh, what's the lyric? Uh, like, it's just fucking Hetfield screaming his ass off and doing the mic in the studio, and it's so good. Um, I agree. It's kind of a no brainer. Like, it's just a no brainer, badass Metallica yeah. in in their thrash <clears throat> form. Kicking another ass. one I would love to hear live more. They only played it thirty seven times, and the last time was at one of those thirtieth uh, anniversary shows, two thousand eleven. Yeah. Dudes, James, I know you're listening. Put it back in the set, man. 
What's crazy too is I think when they were playing it a little bit, they were opening with it, which is awesome. That's, <laughs> That's so I mean, killer. It's a hell of an in- intro to the show. It's kind of like how they're opening up with Hardwired now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a great one. There's no like, there's no like, <clears throat> you know, crescendo into the song. It's just like right out of the gate. Yeah, it's in and out. <clears throat> Easy. It's simple. Yeah. Just a straight kick-ass Metallica song. Love it. Uh, that's it. We did it. Yeah, we did. We made it, guys. <laughs> well, we, we obviously would love to hear your thoughts on Death Magnetic, and we'll read some stuff on a, a future episode. Um, yeah, what do you think? Do you love the record? Do you hate the record? Are you like us? You're kind of in the middle, and do you appreciate it now that you're older? I don't know. Let us know. MetalUpYourPodcastShow at gmail.com. And you can find us at all the other crap. Oh, really? All the I'm Twitter and the crap. You know where it is. You know Thanks where to find below. it. Do you there you are. Hi. I lost you just for a second. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, good thing we're here at the end. I think the internet gods are wanting us to to cool it. I was just saying, we're on on the Twitter, and we're on Facebook and Instagram. Just look up. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I think we need to do this uh, while you say Uh it. Uh-oh. Play play a little something for me, Ethan. Actually, let's let's keep it. Hang on. I've got to reposition here. Can you do something for me? Let's see if I remember how to play it. Let's see if I remember how to do this one. I'll just keep it. Are you uh, doing it? (laughs) Wait. Okay, I got it now. Thank you for listening to Metal Up Your Podcast. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. The most direct place to get in touch with us is metalupyourpodcastshow at gmail.com. And for those of you who want to support the show, please go visit patreon.com backslash metalupyourpodcast. (laughs) And lastly, I'll say, if you guys can just take a few moments and go and leave us a positive review on iTunes, it really goes a long way to helping us get some new ears for the show. We are grateful for every one of you. If we could, we'd give you all a hug and a big kiss. And maybe we'll see you out on the road sometime soon. Until then, metal up your podcasts. See you next time. Peace. If you were our advisor, what would you say? Then I would say, delete that.